Right, mate. Well, we're on the road with the old rockers. We yeah. are. Down in Shepton Mallet, Shepton Somerset. Mallet, Somerset, yes. And we've got another very special guest. Yes. A yeah. bit of a legend locally, I believe. A local legend. A local legend. Very much so. Someone who's been around the scene for a long time. Been Absolutely, yeah. And has yeah. lots of wonderful stories, I'm has sure. He, has he been around as long as you have? I mean, all right, do you think? Or, or? That's debatable. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, full of go. Our engineer's had a drink. I'm yeah, sorry. he's been on the cider. <laughs> That's the problem. Obviously. He's been on the flipping yeah. cider. Yeah. This, this, work, this is a working experience. Mr. It's Don. very unprofessional. I know. But yes. we will carry on. You will carry on. Yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah. Now, this, uh, this, it's very exciting for us. This is, uh, as we said, another a local legend. Yeah. And uh, so we, we'd like to introduce Doug Siddons. Hi, Doug. Thanks for coming along. My pleasure, mate. My That's pleasure, mate. Yeah, I believe... Um, yeah, front of house engineer of Note, I've been told. Well, I note, note something. <laughs> <laughs> I mix them notes to be good. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, the, the, a good quality sound engineer, front of house sound engineer, yes. make and break a band. Worth the weight in gold. Absolutely. The, well, such an important part of any live Well, like a member of the band, really, because without yeah. a good front of house sound, there's no, it doesn't matter how good you are. Yes, right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. hear it. You can't hear it. Well, I, I learned a lesson once. Do not upset the engineer before the gig, because yeah. you asked not. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I hear great things about Doug. So yeah, uh, yeah Doug. So tell us. Um, yeah, I was going to say the, the, the most important thing I think about being a front of house engineer is being a musician. Of course, if you don't, if you don't get your don't get into the groove and understand what the band's trying to come across. Yeah, and you can understand that from. A musician's point of view. Yeah. And you're completely lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You play yourself then, Doug? Yes, I'm a guitarist. Fantastic. Yeah, but nobody wants to hear what I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we do. So you, um, your PA, you've got a PA company? I run a PA hire company, yes. Yeah, and what is that called? It's called Maltings Audio. Right. Yeah. Based. And how long has that been going? Uh, 20 years now. Wow. Locally, yes. That's a that's a long stint, isn't it? That's Brilliant. great. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. So, Doug, tell us. We, we often start start these these the, well, the interviews really, but um, the podcast. Sorry, um, we're just asking people like their early influences, maybe in music, uh, and 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 what 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 made you decide you would like to do a PA in front of house. Well, I think I think it starts. <coughs> I've always been into, obviously always been interested in music. My uh, my sister started working for Harvey Goldsmith. Okay. And so that was head on into into the scene in the, in the 70s. And she, <coughs> she uh, went out with a guy called Mike Scarf. I'm sure you won't mind mentioning him, who was working with Hill Audio and was a was a, an engineer doing all the, all the mixing at the Marquee Club ah, in London. In the played the Marquee's on. I have, yeah, yeah? years ago. Well, the Waldorf Street one. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he kept all his gear in my mum's garage, in my mum's stables. Right. So I was going down there as a youngster, looking at things. Wow, that's a big, that's a big speaker. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of got into how it worked and why it worked and yeah. what to do when it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the uh, the fun bit. Yeah. And being a guitarist, I thought, yeah, great, I can do that. Yeah. And then I discovered that as a guitarist. There were more people, more guitarists out there who didn't know how their gear worked and were happy to pay somebody to make it work for them. Yeah, right. Rather than people who actually wanted to listen to me playing Eagles covers. Right, so right. That's sort of how it how it started <laughs> out. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And and do you remember some of the the early stuff you did? I mean, it's a few years ago. I know you're talking about the seventies, but you know, we love that's the our 70s. golden period. We oh, love the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I said it was it was a period of glam rock. So you know, you, I wanted to be David Bowie or Noddy oh, Holder. Wow, yeah. love Bowie and uh, like the Eagles, New World, who did, yeah, yeah. who did the original Living Next Door to Alice, and oh yeah, oh, okay, and of course Living Newton John. And then we all yeah. best said about her, the better. Well, <laughs> that was influences. But I was always always as a kid was used to go out and buy records. Yeah, and you'd listen to a record in the top 10 and rather than go out on a Saturday with your pocket money and buy five singles, I'd buy the album of the single that I liked the most. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, um, for instance, Southern Brothers and Quiver when Arms and Mary was out. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, okay, well, I could, I could buy Arms and Mary or Ernie or the Osmonds, whatever, 
no, I'll, I'll buy the album. I thought, <laughs> wow, there's a load of music out there that you don't yeah. hear yeah. if you just listen to Radio 1 like we used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and Radio, Car- and Radio Caroline and Radio Luxembourg. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. D- did you ever buy, because <laughs> I'm guilty of this, the Top of the Pops albums? Oh, the ones from Woolies? Yeah. That were done by cover bands? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. fabulous. Yeah. I thought they were brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love those. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's a great way of getting twenty songs that you you liked, and then you kind of you sit down with your guitar, because obviously there was no internet. Yeah. So you had to sit down with your record player, with the tuppenny halfpenny on the needle, slow it down, try and work <laughs> out what they're playing. Yeah. Choose the ones you can, play them, impress the girlies, and uh, Bob's yeah. your uncle. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So yeah, in the seventies, what a great era then, Doug. So. Um, so when did you were you just uh, you know you say you what people want to pay you to make their gear work mm. so so who were they just local people to your area Most, mostly local people in the in the area and doing that and I, I had as I said I, I didn't really start I know I was out playing and I was out doing mucking about but didn't really start sensibly till I was thirty in the industry or thirty years old okay yeah when. Um, I was in London, I was supporting myself playing. Yes. Yeah. And then, having burnt myself out of London, decided it was time to move out of Dodge. So I moved down to Plymouth and okay. opened a music shop, opened a guitar shop. So that was, oh, fantastic. And that really kicked off the uh, straight into the industry sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you, you still have, uh, you still have a, a shop? No. No. No, that's a mugs game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make an industry out of business out, trying on your own to make a business out of selling guitars, yeah, is no good. You've it's, got it's to be a big, cor- yeah. big corporation. You've yeah. got to have the buying power. You've got to have there. But again, yeah. it was, it was doing a service, repairing instruments, getting involved, repairing amplifiers, yeah, yeah. Getting, and doing that, and still playing and playing out. So yeah. you repaired amps too, or yeah. you had someone come in to do it, or you? Uh, it's it's six one half dozen the other because yeah. I mean, a lot of repairs are very simple and straightforward. Yeah. Um, with wires falling off, if it was beyond me, then yes, I had an engineer that came in and, and did it, and I yeah. work the same way today. You know, I've got, I've got yeah. a lot of because everything's got really technical. Yeah, of course. And there's sort of two tiers of or three tiers of repair people: people yeah. who can solder a cable together, people who can repair a an analog amp or a valve amp, and then the I've got a genius who who looks after all my digital stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, Michael Shaw. Uh, <laughs> give him a plug, but he's he's brilliant. He just he, you know you can give him a digital desk, say it doesn't work, and he'll come back and say, yeah, what was that? We'll give him a, a switch mode power supply, and he'll rebuild it for you from. Wow, yeah, so those sort of people, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and nowadays you 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 do PA higher, PA higher, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. and because you, you you said before that you did obviously you had the shop, but you have nothing to do with. Selling guitars or anything like that now. Nothing to say. Company. No, the the nice part about giving up selling guitars is you can actually enjoy them now. Yeah. You know, they just when they when you're moving your income, they just become a product, and you just look at them and think, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you've got a fair collection of guitars. Yeah, I have the odd one or seven. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very odd one or seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm not a mainstream fan. Right. Um, My stuff is. a music man, filed English, make a patch giggle. Uh, I don't possess. I, I don't possess a Gibson, and I do possess a Fender. Uh, but that is this is the wonderful thing about. I have a vintage Fender from 1975. Okay, it's a twelve-string acoustic, and it's still worth what I paid for it. There you go. Which was sixty-five Fantastic. quid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. so, so tell us about obviously you, you do PA you do in front of house gigs mm-hmm. tell us some stories about of gigs you've you've done and I know you do a lot of stuff locally to Shepton. yeah we, we work locally and then we get, we basically go where where we where if it's economical for us to go so the, the furthest I've been to in the UK is up to Anstruther in Edinburgh mm. uh, in Scotland doing a, uh, a three day festival there which was was fun, and the problem with doing festivals is that you see ten acts a day for three days. So someone says, "What was your favourite act?" And you said, "Well, actually, I can't remember the first one, let alone the last one." It becomes a blur, doesn't it? It becomes yeah, a blur. Of course, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and so the um, the local stuff. So, so I get I get stuff into Glastonbury. Obviously, I I hire stuff into Stromerville. Um, but local festivals, like you know, it it, it changes. Last week I was um, up in Twickenham mixing a band. Uh, the week before I was in High Wycombe mixing half a dozen. The week before I was in uh, Lincoln yeah, mixing yeah. mixing um, again half a dozen bands over three days at the motorcycle festival. Yeah. And on Sunday I'm at the local Mid Somerset Agricultural Show doing an acoustic stage with and I actually don't know who's playing on Sunday. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, Doug, you, you just fun. mentioned obviously we're very close to Glastonbury here, yeah. where we're basing our on tour podcast and um mm-hmm. I believe you've done front of house at Glastonbury. So I've, I've worked on I've worked on on part stage and I've worked in the Beat Hotel. Yes, it's right. Uh, so what what is that like? Because I mean, obviously everybody out there knows Glastonbury. It's oh, a it's hard work. Yeah. B it's just like any other gig, really. Um, the, the the venues change, but it's still plugging the bands in, balancing the sounds, making sure the band can hear themselves, making sure the audience can hear themselves, mm. and then. That's very that important, for that, isn't it? That's very. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice to hear you say that. That you've balanced everything for audience as well as the band. I yeah. think that's very, very important. Oh yes, it, nowadays it's becoming more important to to balance the band than it is the audience. I think it's just yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And certainly, it's becoming harder with um, the move away from wedges to in ear monitors. Yes, they of are just the bane of my life. And really, yeah, it's. Um, Tell me why that is. Well, the, the reason is, is that once you put ears in, you're isolated. Yes. And unless you've, you've got some sort of communication, you've got one person just talking and talking and talking and somebody else wants a decent mix and he's just getting talked over by the, the bloke with the loudest voice. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. we, we're not talking about prima donnas here. We're actually talking about the, phys- the physical. You've got to go down the line and talk to each person yeah. and then get their mix right and mm. then it'll change because something else changes and just it's... Uh, yeah, it's hard work because o- often when you're doing front of house, you don't do monitors. That's but right. You're, you're telling me you you have to do both. I tend to work with, with yeah. um, because of what we're geared to, what we do. Yeah. It's front. Of, it's monitors from front of house. Right. Um, we can. I do have a monitor engineer that works with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's again, it comes down to money. Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, most most of the stuff we're doing, we're saying okay. And they're on limited budget. We try to fit the budget in. That's great. So we can't say, well, here's another 500 quid for a, a monitor engine and a monitor desk. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. So what? how long is your day? De- like for like the park stage, how long would your day be? It would be typically a, a crew call at half past nine. Yeah. Um, get on stage, getting it patched in. First band at 12. Yeah. Last band at, finishes at 11, 11.30. Then pack it all down have a few beers and start again. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, that's three uh, solid, solid days. Three solid days, 14 hours a day, yeah. and then yeah. try and have some sort of, of life around it. It's just... Uh, yeah. Hard work. Hard, hard work, absolutely. Hard yeah. work, yeah, 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 cool. So the, you, did you supply any of the PA on like a Glastonbury-type gig? I supply, I supply the... Um, I supply PA into Stromerville. Right, Okay. So that's a little a little site up the top of the hill um, from the uh, the Joe Strummer Foundation. Oh right. yeah, and they have some great they have some great acts down there. Yeah, and we we supply the gear for that. How long is it? Because obviously we see the Glastonbury uh, Festival on the TV, but when does that start? And when does it actually finish? Because I'm sure there's lots <laughs> going on around that time. Well, Glastonbury Festival actually starts three months before the gates open. Right, when the infrastructure starts going in. Wow. <coughs> With oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, the fence and that sort of thing, yeah. Um, and stages are usually built by the week before it opens, and yeah. the crews start arriving on the um, probably on on the weekend before the Wednesday. The crews start arriving, mm. and the gear goes in, and then it's a massive panic on the Monday and Tuesday to get everything up and ready for. It's really ready to, ready to go on the Wednesday, although yeah, the festival yeah. officially starts on the Thursday. If you are struggling on what to get for the old rocker in your life, how about an old rocker's t-shirt for Christmas? The perfect stocking filler. Buy your old rocker's t-shirt now. 
Check out the Old Rockers website for details at www.old-rockers.co.uk. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story about getting Glastonbury getting in and out and doing it. Um, this year, I, I was doing the Petherton Folk Festival on the Saturday before, and I had to drop the gear into the, into Stromerville after the festival. So I rocked out of, of Petherton at uh, 8 o'clock in the evening, drove up to Worthy, which is only half an hour from from South Petherton, mm. got to Redgate at half past eight, uh, got through from Redgate up to Stromerville, got the van tipped, drove out and was driving back out through the, uh, back out through Redgate at about quarter past half past nine. All right. Going home. Mm. On the Monday to go and collect it, we didn't even, we left home at, Midday, and bearing in mind that it takes 20 minutes from home to, to Redgate. We left home at midday. We didn't get to Redgate till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it took an hour from Redgate up to Stromville. And then it took three hours to actually get off site because everything was just chocker. And, yeah. yeah. And that's sort of the festival for you. It's... There are so far too many people there, and far too many. Uh, yeah, it's just a big behemoth that's a, that's a nightmare to work. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very mm. challenging. Yeah, I it, would think from your point of view, from a, from an infrastructure point of view, it is. But yeah. it's a bit. It's, a, it's an awesome festival when you go there as a punter. You just can't believe what you're walking into. Yeah, yeah, and it has a certain magic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, See, yeah, I've never been. I would. Uh, I'd love to go. Uh, not only for the bands, but for. The vibe. Everything what else is mm. happening. Yeah, I've there. never been. Yeah. It must be pretty amazing. Well, you, you you reach a meditative state. What I yeah. what I find with, with festivals is that you you go in on the on the Wednesday or the Thursday when you arrive and you're on site, you cannot communicate with the outside world because you never get a phone signal. Right. You've got your job to do. You reach a sort of state where nothing else matters bar what you're doing. Is that mm. on purpose you haven't got a phone signal? Because they could put a mobile tower up if they really wanted to. They do have them. They never seem to work when, as far oh, as really? I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah. 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 And then uh, you come out on the Monday and the world's changed. The world's gone past. <laughs> You're thinking, actually, do you know what? I stepped back from the world for three days. That's and nice. Nothing, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a better yeah, person right. for not worrying about uh, what's going on in the world. We'll all have to get off the merry-go-round from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah, great. It'd be, it'd be nice to go, wouldn't it? It would be great to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we should do that, Simon. You know, we, mm. we should do that and go. There's many things we'd like to do well, kind of on our bucket list. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Want us to have a sober producer. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? That would be that very That would be nice. amazing. That would yeah. be, Is that possible? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, my, I mean, it is actually the first time I've ever done this drunk. It doesn't matter. The first time, time is one time, time too many. It is. <laughs> yeah, it my, is. my bucket list went from when I was 50 had yeah. two things on it. One of which is to have a fag in the House of Commons, and the second, which, <laughs> and the second of which was to see a badger's face. Really? Right. Well, because I always drove home from the pub and I ever, all I ever saw were Badger's asses going into the hook. I got a gig. This is how bizarre these gigs are. I got a gig um, for the singing waiters in the House of Lords. Right. So what they had is they had a, um, a meal for uh, the Open University graduates, whatever, and in the middle of it... Um, some waiter drops a plate and then they suddenly burst into song for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, it's part of the entertainment. So uh, that sounds fun. It was, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it, you know, it's, it's an unusual gig and it's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but the usual, usual rules apply. You get there at four o'clock, you set up, you then are not to be seen till 10 o'clock or whatever it was. So you have to hide around the corner. So I slipped my chains and went for a walk round, wanting a cigarette, and walked out through this this window 
onto a balcony, mm. which was on the Thames, which happened to be the Lord's Terrace. I thought, great, I'll have a figure year. Thank you. So that's that one of your things off your bucket list. That's right, yeah. yeah. Badger's face I eventually saw coming home from the pub. <laughs> Are you sure as you come from the pub? <laughs> <laughs> I was walking home. <laughs> I was walking down the high street when I heard footsteps behind me. <laughs> and there was a Badger's face, yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So, I mean, we've talked about PA stuff and, and the mm-hmm. process of... But it, actually, run us through a little bit more the detail of a typical day of setting up, you know, a PA system. Okay. Um, yeah. let's, let's take... Um, okay, let's take... A gig never starts on the day. Yeah. A gig usually starts a month or two before where someone says, are you free? Yes. And they'll send me a tech spec of what the artist wants. And I will look at it. And when I stop laughing, I will, then, <laughs> <laughs> I will then work out what the artist wants, speak to the tour manager and saying, this is what we're going to give you at a venue and this is what we're going to supply. And they'll say, great, thank you. Crack on. Then come the day of the gig, um, typically, depending on travel, um, but if you take South Petherton, which is... is uh, is my local one. I've got Seth Lakeman in December, so I've got I've got his spec sheet of what he wants. Yeah, um, I've noticed the silly things that he's asked for on the uh, on the rider. Oh yeah, um, the yeah, M&M situation. That's M M&M and situation. That sort of thing It's actually yeah. an anvil. Really? Everything. Well, it was it was on the rider. Just saying, you know, you got to my just anvil. to check what is it just you actually yeah, reading yeah, the okay. what's on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have a look. Um, so that, yeah, that, if you carry it, yeah. <laughs> so then, um, he'll arrive at the venue probably five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. I will start loading the, well, the crew will start arriving at two, two o'clock and we'll load the van, mm. um, check all we've got, all the gear, drive down to the venue f- to get there for three o'clock and mm. it'll take us an hour and a half to set everything up. Um, and then we'll set it up as per they have asked for. Yes. Then the artist will arrive and set his gear up and we'll plug him in. Mm. And then we'll start a sound check to make sure that everything's right. Yeah. And by six o'clock, half past six in the evening, hopefully everything's sorted. We'll then have an hour and a half between end of sound check and showtime yep. when they open the doors and we can actually go out and get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Then the um, show will be from 8 till probably 10.30. And by the time they've said goodbye to all their fans and whatever, by 11 o'clock we'll start taking everything down, coiling all the cables, making sure the mics are back in the box, reload the van, leave the venue at 12 and home by 1. Right. And then... Uh, Have you got a lock-up then? I've got a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then get all the stuff in the back and lock up and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. It's a long old day, isn't it? It's a long old day, yeah. Plus, PA stuff is not not unheavy. It's it's getting heavier as I get older. Absolutely, it would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) what sort of PA do do you use? I I use almost exclusively Hughes and Kettner. Okay. Oh, HK Audio. Yeah, yeah. uh, Contour Line Ray and Line Seven Six, Line Seven, Linear Seven. All, all Alan Heath um, yeah, good stuff. mixing desks, yeah. which I've, I've known for years. And uh, microphones, basically mostly Shaw and Sennheiser, mm. because that's what they ask for on the riders. Mm. They're not necessarily the best microphones, but if I get a chance, I'll use whatever I have in my toolkit, mm. because I like playing with them. Mm-hmm. But the, the riders, if, you know, the, the rider comes, they expect to be to 58 on vocals, that's what they get. It's just not worth the fight saying, well, I've actually got an Audix, which is much better. Right. Yeah, They'll yeah. say, no, I want to be to 58, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People Going, are comfortable with what they know. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to last weekend, I was doing Trickenham. Um, they have, in the fan village, they have a, a covers band to keep the, the people there. Now, that day was we, I picked the crew, well, I, had the, I loaded the van the night before, picked the crew up at nine o'clock, Got to Twickenham at half past 11 
um, and got to the stage at midday mm. because they closed the access to the stage three hours before kickoff. Right. Um, we then got the stage, the van it, or the van out by half past twelve, and we then had to wait till five o'clock before the band arrived that we could sound check them for a seven o'clock hour and a half show. Right. Wow. And then bring it down and drive home. So we, we, we left home at 9 o'clock in the morning and got home at 1 o'clock in the morning. That's just yeah, yeah. another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on another day, I might be up the road and leave home at 6 and back at 9. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. just, it just depends on <laughs> on what the show is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so I'm interested. In, um, what, were you, what, was your, what was your influences in your music when you were young? To, to get you to where you are today? I've always liked, I've always, you know, the usual cliche, I grew, grew up with the music and music in the house, but I, yeah, I, I am I'm a fan of pop music. Okay. Um, growing up in, the, in the, um, the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of pop music around. Yeah. Um, so the, f- the first record I bought was uh, Ernie by Benny Hill. Oh, <laughs> I bought that too. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by Solid Gold Easy Action T-Rex and, great song. Oh, great song. and Crazy Horse Hills or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, liked, I liked music. Music you could whistle and sing along to. Yeah. And then it, like any teenager, I was into Hawkwind. I was yeah. into prog rock. I was yeah, into yeah. folk. Yeah. And I sort of I bought a guitar and started playing the guitar and realised that the uh, the folk songs and the acoustic songs were easier to learn. Because yeah, yeah. you, you couldn't make the same noises on the acoustic guitar that they did on the electrics, yeah. mm. and so that that thought of brought me round into the uh, the Sandy Denny, Joni Mitchell, okay. Eagles, yeah, um, Tom Paxson sort of stuff, yeah. And that was easy enough to play and impress people with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Were your then, parents musical? No, my father um, was an actor. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, he, died, he died when I was very young. But ah, he, was, right, he, was, okay. he, he acted in films. Oh, okay. Um, actually, um, actually, now you've because your sur- oh yeah, of course, your surname, yeah, yeah. Ah, right, okay. And uh, yeah, if, if you uh, if you're a fan of Thomas Gainsborough, you'll see my great great grandmother. But there you go. Wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I always loved to sing. Yeah, yeah. I did the church choir thing. And the the, 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 um, the primary school choir stuff because I always loved to sing. Yeah. And then my voice broke, and that was a when you win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it was kind of it was playing those songs and getting out and performing them, and suddenly realised, yeah, I can do it. And there's this wonderful thing about when you hear a song and you sit there looking at your guitar and you think, okay, well that that goes like that, and that goes. Mm. Oh, hang on a minute. That sounds like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. I can play the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a fantastic drop like that. Yeah. And we said, great, excellent, play again, you know, and uh, can you play this for me? Yeah, okay. Can you play that? Yes, okay. And once, once you've mastered C minor, F and G, mm. you can play whatever you want. Mm. And when, mm. I was very quickly onto that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I can yeah. do that. Yeah. It may not be pretty, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> and on from there, and then, then I kind of, I said, 1890, I started doing the folk clubs and that's that sort of thing. Mm. And uh, I had a strong affinity with Irish music. Okay. Again, because I couldn't afford an electric guitar. Uh, <laughs> and so I sort of made my living. Um, I, made, I did gigs at the weekend doing the Irish stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then bought my first Strat and a Fender Twin. <laughs> and I thought, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. And I still cannot get the same sound out of any any of my equipment 50 years later than I did out of that tw- Strat and that Twin. They kind know. of got it right then, didn't they? Well, I think it's one of these things that you, you, you hit a certain half an hour with your equipment where everything is just exactly how you want it to be. Yeah. And you can never reproduce it. Mm. Or I think it's your memory goes, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the way it is. And so then it was a chase for keeping this stuff going. I was thinking, well, my amp doesn't work. Oh, have you plugged it in? Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to do that. Yeah, have we yeah. turned it up? And so it's, it's kind of with, with friends of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, the... Doug, can I ask 
So where were you actually living at this point? Were you actually in London at this point? And, I was, and what sort of shops and guitars were you looking at in those early days? Ah, uh, wow. Well, I was living, I was living in Hertfordshire, uh, and then I moved up to London uh, when I was 25, 26 or so. So in, in Hertfordshire, we were, you know, the first guitars I drilled over were the, were the Woolies 20 Specials. Because that was the sort of the first guitar that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I was reading um, beat instrumental and um, guitar international and all that sort of thing, and seeing all these wonderful f- Stratocasters and Telecasters and whatever, mm. uh, I was, you know, you still your local music shop had basically rubbish hanging on the wall. Right. And I will never forget that the first band I went to see was Curved Air. Oh, right. And Stuart Copeland in there. Yeah. He was. He was, Stu- yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, Stuart Looking Copeland. Looking for a guitar was, player, I believe. Curved right. air, put an advert out, looking for guitar player. Hey, yeah. Doug, never too early. Get yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a, mate, a mate of mine, um, Kit Morgan, was their guitar player for a long time. Unfortunately, oh, okay. he's had to retire because he's, uh, his back's gone. Right. But he's the most phenomenal guitar player I've seen right. by anybody. Wow. But that's, that's another story. Was um, he a friend from Hertfordshire? Or no, he's, he's local. He's local, local to Glastonbury. Him. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was playing with them. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you the, the story. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so Curved Air was the first band I went to see. Yeah. yeah. And there was a band called Grind supporting them. Okay. And the guy had a precision bass. I thought, wow, that's a precision bass. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Curved Air came out. Um, you're right, uh, Stuart Copeland was playing for them. Yeah. And Henri Jacques, the guitarist of them, had this Firebird. Okay. Yeah. God, that looked gorgeous. Yeah, mm. yeah. It really did. Um, Daryl was he was a violin violin going together. I thought, oh, I want a Firebird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how much is a Firebird? Eight hundred quid. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the local store. So uh, yeah, so that was. Um, and funny enough, Curved Air played with Kit played um, the Cheese and Grain up the road. Okay, uh, a couple of years ago, or about a year or so ago. Oh, they're in still my, going. They're still going, yeah. yeah. I said to you something, they, I see them advertising, they need a new guitar player. Oh, right. Yeah, because Kit's out. And yeah. uh, I thought, do I go and see them? The first band I've ever seen. Would that be the last band I ever saw? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so it was, it was then, it was, and everybody has strats, so yeah, got to have a strat. And the other guitar I lasted after was the Ovation. All right. We're doing a lot of acoustic playing. I, I, uh, I bought Ovation, by which time I'd moved to um, Hitchin. And there was a shop there called Machine Head, uh, run by my mate Jeff, who I've known for years, and he, they had proper guitars in there. And it was, wow, <laughs> yeah, we can buy this, we can buy that. And uh, actually had the money to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the Ovation, bought the Strat, bought the Twin Reverb. Then <clears throat> I was playing in a jazz band in London, and that Twin Reverb was getting really heavy. I came came back from a gig one night, and I was living in Enfield, and in this close that I lived in, some joker had burnt the car out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my house was at the end, and I had to park the car at the open of the close. And I picked the twin river about the boot, and had to carry it all the way down through. I said, that bloody thing's going to <laughs> <laughs> And uh, It wasn't yeah. Dendridge close by any chance? No, no, no. It's oh, like just asking. Ponder's End. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, yeah, so that went down. And that went down to Electra Hill in, um, which is on the Circular Road. Uh, yeah. What, on the North Circular Road? North Circular Road, uh, just south, straight down the A10, where the A10 t- t- joins North Circular and right. Electra Hill's just there. And I bought a Peterson amp, which was chalk and cheese. Mm, yeah. But it was a lot lighter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's Peterson amp. Is that the same company as the Peterson tuners? No, no. He was right. a he was a guy who um, made bespoke bespoke amps, transistor amps, um, which the jazzers absolutely loved, like the uh, the polytone. Yep. Uh, and he was he was based up your way somewhere. I think he was Peterborough sort Ooh. of area, Peterborough, Cambridgeshire. Um, this would be the uh, mid eighties. Mid eighties, yeah. yeah. I must admit, um, I don't know him, no. but um, yeah, it's just another 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 amp, like. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there was a lot about actually, weren't there? Oh yeah, you know? there always is. Yeah, always is, and uh, they, they can't seem to crack the guitar market. But makers a, a ten a penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been doing PAs then, Doug, for twenty twenty years. This company, twenty years, company. yeah. Yeah. So w- what made the change? Um, it basically it basically came down to it rolled on from the music shop where I had yeah yeah I had small PAs that suddenly thought oh they can hire out yeah and obviously I, I was, was doing engineering anyway yeah yeah and it just kind of yeah I've got that I can yeah do. then I was I was also working for a a local company here called HZ Sound Systems okay and they That's the point how did you get to, to move to this area what I was chasing there? skirt. Really? <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, yeah. And, uh, Are you skint? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I've had three wives. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, three wives. Wow. Yeah, but I, I came down, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, the, the, the music shop in, in Plymouth folded, um, and I got uh, ABC, the Kim, what's his name? Oh, no, Tim... Who's now head hunter at Roland? All right. Uh, was um, running ABC Education. And I'm, I had a chat with him. And he said, "Well, if you can get yourself up to Bristol, we'll give you a job." Which is why I then skedaddled up to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that lasted nine months before they went pop. And uh, we were living up here. Then, then I went to work for um, Picasso Music Strings. Okay. Lakewood Guitars and AER amplification for another year or so that was just trotting around every music shop in the in the south of england mm. right building the engineering and then because obviously pa was my thing and, and and um there was a company based in bradstock called hz sound systems who wanted a ref on the road and i said yes please thank you mm-hmm. it's great i said i've got a nine to five i've got a regular wage thank you very much yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. um and i i, I started working with them and still, you know, they made cabinets. A lot of it was in store. Um, but we did some big shows. We did the show of hands in the Royal Albert Hall with 40 of our plastic cabinets, which I was part of. And I went over, went all over Europe and all over England installing this stuff. Um, I <laughs> I did a lot of work in Ibiza during that oh, okay. time. Oh, okay. And that was, uh, we put stuff into manumission and clubs out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. And I had, I had, I went back to Ibiza two couple of four, four or five years ago. Yeah, and you know how if you if you're in these places that you're walking down the the prom and all the girls are coming out with their tickets for the clubs and you know would you like to go to space? Would you like to go to Manu? Would you like this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They took one look at me and said, "Would you like a cup of tea and a go on a boat?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Do you know familiar. who I am? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes. I actually yes. had someone offer me a seat on the underground the other day, yeah. and I thought, "Oh my god, this is terrible." Yeah. Do I look that old? <laughs> Did you have your tartan blanket with you? <laughs> tartan socks. <laughs> um, I understand from information we've been given, you're a big fan of techno. <laughs> DJs, now there's a whole new can of worms. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. They fall into two two groups: crap and almost almost presentable. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I said the whole the whole the whole thing I do is I do live music. I do yeah, live yeah, live yeah. instruments. Yeah. Um, well, not only live instruments, I also do anything involved with with live yeah. DJs for my aren't live. They're just playing records and yeah, and uh, I will well, I will support them, but I'll try and avoid them if I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, to, to give you an idea of, of how bonkers this job is, um, I got a call from a local art gallery. Yeah, who uh, I'd done a few corporate events for, and they said, "Well, you you do sound, yes." So we've got this art installation, yes. And they've got a, uh, a Japanese hut in the centre of the room. Okay. And they've got two steel plates hanging either side of the room, and they want to vibrate them to make them sound like thunder. Right. Right. 
Um, and so what we're doing is we've we've got a a speaker on the back of it, and we're putting sub through it. Yeah. And it's burning out all the speakers. Can you come and sort it out, please? <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. And so I, I went down, took one look at the uh, – I said, well, can you show me the wave that you're – what you're doing? And this wave was, you know, how they – you know how they produce me this day with no – everything flat out. Mm. Right. There's so much energy in it. It was bound to, to do mm. it. I said, well, then, you know, what we need to do is just reduce the gain on that wave and run it through. And so we, we – Instead of it being a straight line, it actually started going like that. And the thing moved. And it sounded great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's the sort of phone call you get. Can you do this? Well, that's an unusual job. Very, isn't very it? diverse. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially well, you know, it makes something sound like thunder. Yeah. Well, it is. You it just is, need to hire you after a roomie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I always, my tagline is I, it's anything that needs to be made louder. So it's, it's not just, not yeah, yeah. just people singing, it's. Uh, speech and, and that yeah. sort of thing yeah 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 so is there a good vibrant scene down here in shepton then it's for live it, music well we, we live near glastonbury what do you expect well yes, yes. <laughs> i suppose that is an obvious question yeah no, we, 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 we yes and there's a there's a great live music scene down here um and you'll find <clears> all <throat> color of the rainbow down here okay as well oh that's good and mm. there's um but you know shepton is sort of in the middle of there's a lot going on in Froome. Yeah. There's a lot going on in Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on in Wells. Yeah. There's not as much going on in Shepton because they tend to go out that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. To there. But yes, there, there's a lot going on. Fantastic. If you, if you tend to find it. A lot of open mics, a lot of encouragement for youngsters to play. Which, uh, that's fantastic. Which uh, is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, without the younger bands coming through, I mean, it's so difficult to make a living nowadays from music. Oh, it's virtually impossible. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's great that still, there's still younger bands coming through. Well, what gets me is yeah. a standard of them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's because obviously the, the schools were funded to produce, to push music. When, when I was through school, it was mm. frowned on unless you were going to be a, a classical violinist. Yeah, of course, yeah. And nowadays there's so much music technology taught in school. And the standard of kids coming out, um, but this is the tragedy of it, mm. is the standard of kids coming out at 18, how well they can play and how well they can put music together. And then you speak to them and you say, what do you want to do? He said, well, I'm going to be a hairdresser. I'm going to be a mechanic. I said, you're f- brilliant at music. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you want to do that? He said, well, yeah. I want to earn some money. Mm. Well, that, <laughs> that is the Very reality, sad. isn't it? That is the reality, isn't it? I mean, you know, mm. you know, the- Doug, I'd like to ask you a question uh-huh. about um, uh, backing tracks, really, because something I noticed down here which absolutely blew me away was um, I, I came to a show that you were running a PA at, at last year, uh-huh. and we had a lady who got up and played just amazing violin. Um, uh-huh. And it struck me that nobody there was using backing tracks, and and going around with Sue and looking around the area, hardly anyone down here uses backing tracks. You you seem to tolerate, well, I say tolerate, or you're you're quite happy for someone to play a solo instrument. Mm. We don't see that so much up in East Anglia. You'll mm. find that solo artists will always use backing tracks, but I notice that down here, you know, there's almost an encouragement to just do your thing, whatever well, it is. That's right. I think I think because there there is. The one thing, the one thing that this area has got, is creative people who want to make their own music. Mm. Um, so you haven't got the uh, the pe- you know, and, and it's tolerated. So you haven't got the people going into a pub doing the, the the live karaoke, for want of a better example. Yeah, and they are out there. And yes, you you can find them if you want to go. If you, I can point them in the, in the direction of if you want to go and see them. But a lot of the music is live, guitar, vocals, and doing. And it's all it's better for it, I have to say. Well, why do you yeah. think that is in this area? I mean, do you think the Glastonbury Festival has something to do with this? I mean oh, you can go on about the hippies and you can go on about this sort of the, the people um the people who move down here. But yeah. we tend to we tend to get the more creative mm. people down here who are and the we also tend to get the tolerance for people to listen to the create to creative stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you'll listen you'll listen to Two hours of 
and think, well, actually, half an hour, that was really good. And your bag, if you can extend your bag of tricks from half an hour to two, that would be awesome. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good that original music is, because it's not very well supported up where we are, you know. Oh, that's if you're not playing a certain song, and all, blah, 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 it, it's very difficult. So, to, to well, have, su- Yes. Have you heard of Bullshit Bingo? <laughs> no, can't say I have. <laughs> We've heard of bongo bingo, is it? Is no, this is, this, is yeah. Some, yeah. this is what crews tend to do when you're doing corporates. Right. Is you've, you've got the corporate bands doing their yeah, doing yeah. their thing, and it's all the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we, ha- we actually have a sheet of which songs come up, and or what we do is we, we each, each member of the crew nominates four songs. And uh, then... Once they've been played, whoever whoever guesses the correct four ones buys <laughs> <laughs> the drinks. Oh right! So okay. at the moment, Tina Turner is very uh, yeah very oh, popular. Yeah. Um, or they say Tina Turner, but it's all um, Proud Mary. They, right. You know, audiences haven't quite made the connection that that was a cover of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. there's another one, Shut Up and Dance with Me. Who well, I don't know who is it by, but I've heard that so many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it used to be wishing well and all right now, and it's 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 how the yeah yeah things, things have moved on yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I've dipped a toe in that little market and. Uh... Oh, there's no absolutely no doubt about it. When I was in Plymouth, uh, we had the band doing the stuff. Yeah, and then the drummer got stage fright. As they do, mm, right? And me and the singer uh, started got half a dozen backtracks or a dozen backtracks, yep. And started doing the holiday camps, and that was ridiculous money. That was yeah, it yeah. was fantastic. And yeah. They said, "Oh, the band's been offered a gig in Snostel. Oh, fantastic! And what's what's the payday?" They saying, "Ah, oh, well, we get that per person." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's we right. Do. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the amount of money of you know. Doing that corporate scene or in sort of Mayfair and places like that, yeah. which just really, <laughs> it's, it's it was it was yeah it was, but it was real hard work. So, mm. But I can understand why bands go down that and musicians go down that route, and that's the same with the tribute scene. I can understand why they do that because it's it's an opportunity to play the bigger venues that have a solid crowd. Mm. Um, I, I get it. Whether you agree with it or not is another thing, but I, I understand why people do that. Well, well, there seems to be a bit of a hole in the market as such because obviously we were discussing a Fleetwood Mac tribute band the other day. Well, that's and, right. And they're playing massive gigs. Well, we had yeah. Scott in, didn't we? They're actually we? playing arenas. Yeah, they know, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, they're, they're, but there's the, the, the demand is there for the right type of music. Maybe what's happening now is not what people always want to hear. Oh, I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's... I did. I uh, going back. How many years ago was? Um, we did the Australian Pink Floyd across at um, in Bridgewater. In, who are amazing, by the way. Yeah, who were in the? Um, they were, we did it in in the football stadium. Yeah, yeah. And they had the mirror ball and everything, and, I, and it was it was a great show. Mm. And uh, I said, I was, I've seen I've seen Floyd live. Mm. Then of course you thought, well, actually. These people at this show will never have seen or never know what a Pink Floyd show was, and probably never see the like again. Yeah, no. and this is exactly a previous guest to ours who was musical director of uh, a tribute show called Rumours of Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah, and, and he said, um, "This is not going to go away. The Stones won't be around forever." No, exactly. Um, and these, ba- and so these tribute shows, Floyd are never going to. Fleetwood Mac are never going to go yeah. perform again, and there's a big thirst for that music. Absolutely, and I, I another story. I don't know who want to put this one on tape, but <laughs> <laughs> go I, for it. <laughs> I did a cor- I did a corporate down in in Yeovil where they put Bad Manners. Okay, and they were appalling. Right, re- I'd far sooner have gone and watched a, a Bad Manners cover. Yeah, yeah, than the actual band themselves. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Admittedly, um, Buster was on a, on a downer that day and wouldn't get off the bus till he had a couple of lines of God knows what. Hmm. But I just thought, you paid how much for this slot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a shame, isn't it? And you, yeah. you, you, you then that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fine line of knowing when to stop, isn't it? I'm not yeah, going to yeah. mention 
names who I've seen and think, I think you've got to stop. I think you've got to stop these original artists. Oh, we saw, well, I saw um, ACDC with, with, with um, Axel. Axel. And that was the Angus show. That was just, that wasn't ACDC. Yeah. And uh, I went to see the Hollywood Vampires two weeks ago. All right. Which are an awesome band. Fantastic. Yeah. You talk about covers band, they have absolutely nailed covers band. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. That's another story. Yeah, and they had, the tu- they had the tubes supporting them. Did oh, you wow. really? Yeah. I didn't realise that was still going. Well, Joe, Joe Perry and all that is in there, and the vampires, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Joe Perry, um, Alice Cooper, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp, Alice Cooper, and half of Alice's Alice, band. Alice Cooper's yeah. drummer, I know. Yeah. them. Yeah. And the, the, the guitarist who, Alice Cooper's guitarist, I can't remember the name, but he just is held it. Is he the big muscular guy? No, it's this what, little, little squit. Oh, okay. And he's, he is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, but it was it was a really cool show. And then Tony Iommi came on oh, on the third on the second encore. The people had started leaving. Right. <laughs> they left it a bit too long, but he came on to finish off the show. So <laughs> wow. That was that was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. There is such a first for the older bands. There is, that's what I'm saying. That's what we were discussing, we're discussing this, this on the way know. up about um the the age group because I've just been out on a, on a tour in Europe and a lot of our other people come and see us. We do have youngsters, but there's a lot of older people yeah. coming out. To see old, rockers? old rockers, old rockers, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. You know, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, and they they can afford a ticket and they can go and yeah, if they can sit down and tap their feet to them, yeah, they, you yeah. Know, they've got a bit of disposable income, haven't they? Yeah. And then away yeah. they go. Yeah. I saw, yeah, I saw big the, big money for that. It's good. I saw I saw the damned in Brighton in February. And you just looked around the audience and thought, well, actually, they're all, they're all people of our plus, age yeah, yeah. who were into, into the band at the beginning. Yeah. And Followed and them all the way through. Uh, I was through. a big fan in the early days. I loved Rat yeah. Scabies. He's <laughs> great. Paul, yeah. But he's not in them now, is he? They've got another guy. No. Yeah. Uh, last time I saw Rat, he said, do I owe you money? I said, no. <laughs> and, uh, is he, does he live down this neck of the woods? As well? No, no, no. So he was just up, when I was up in London. Oh, okay. he, he used yeah. to have a studio. He used to have a studio under the uh, under Kew Bridge, ah. next door to um, Dave Little, who was uh, a big friend of mine. But he was Paul Weller's guitar tech. Ah, and so they, uh, yeah. They, but I, I, I uh, so I used to know. Heading the Hot Rods really well. In fact, Paul's still a mate of mine. Oh, okay. Paul Gray's still a mate of mine. What was their big hit, Heading the Hot Rods? Big... Do anything you want to do. That's that was a great song. Great song, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, my, my sister went out with Barry for a period of time. Okay. So Barry and I became friends, and when that broke up, Barry and I and the band still remained friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah and Paul's out with the damned and whatever. Yeah. I mean, rock and roll is its finest. Um the last time we saw the vampires was up at Wembley. Yeah. And there was the dam supporting and Justin Hawkins, the darkness supporting. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's from our local town. Oh, well, he is, yeah. He um, he didn't do any, himself any favours that night. They just, oh, right. The dams the and these vampires just blew off the stage. He was just too far off his ass to. Right. But we, we actually stayed in a hotel in Wembley. And we saw... You know, we saw the vampires leave in six black limos with six black trucks behind them. Went down to Wembley Central to take the tube into town, and there was Paul sitting waiting for his train <laughs> with his face on his back. <laughs> oh, that's rock and roll. That's rock and roll. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Doug, what 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 does the future hold for you? What do you think of stuff? For me or for the... <laughs> well, for, well, both for you. For music. Mm. For music. I think it's, it's beginning to come full circle. I think the... Um, there are a lot of creative people and a lot of kids are still picking up the guitar and playing it. Um, I think the... And there's, there will still... People are looking for different ways to express themselves. Unfortunately, um, being able to make a fortune out of playing music, I think, has, has disappeared... Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, with recorded music, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, so, you know, in the seventies, physical copies of, of yeah, yeah, you just don't get that. And I don't, I don't, I think they should. They people should be banned from downloading a single track from an album. If you want, pay your five pound and get the whole album. Have some self respect. Yeah, yeah. Suppose just yeah, to, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, to one, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, and so I hope it's going to continue. I think I think there's going to be a wider 
a wider divergence between the big gigs and the small gigs. Although there is a certain there's a certain um, a subculture now. A subculture. There's certain pressure on uh, concert promoters, Ticketmaster, and and whatever to actually price tickets fairly. I know mm. again the Damned and um, who was it? There was an, uh, the Cure mm. have turned around and said, "Look, you know." We want to price our tickets like this so our fans can come and see them. Ticketmaster is bumping the price up. This is just this that's I know that happens. Making yeah. it unattainable. Um so hopefully there's gonna be a resurgence live music. But at the end of the day, the only way bands can make money is sell merchandise. They can't sell records. So yeah, they've got to get right, out and yeah. promote that themselves. True, yeah, yeah. And they've got to get out and work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's that is the way. Isn't it? Yeah. Hundred yes. percent. Well it's yes. kind of going full circle really. I mean, if you go back to the fifties, sixties all right, bands did sell a lot of albums in the 60s, whatever, but bands did spend a lot of time on the road yeah. doing shows and they kind of learned their craft by, by doing that. And well, maybe that's what's with a lot of the youngsters. I mean, the fellow we yeah. had in Matt, I mean, he, Matt, he's, yeah, he's, he does a lot of gigs. Mm. And There's, another, know, ba- there's another band who's a friend of mine um, called Slacker. Right, yeah. And Scotty, that band works five days a week, but they literally get in the car and will go anywhere and yeah. play. Mm. And it's paid off. Now Kerrang have taken notice and Guardian have taken notice of, mm. of them. But they're, they're doing, the, you know, the usual thing, is your tour manager dyslexic because you've got a gig in Newcastle and a gig in Bodmin? They're doing that sort of sh- stuff yeah, every yeah, weekend. Yeah, 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 right. We call it the dartboard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. You're going yeah. there, right, there. Yeah. Instead of thinking we'll go there, then. That's and it. then up to it's like crazy. Yes, right. But they're, yeah. they're working really hard and they're just beginning to pay off and they just had a, yeah. they've just um had a couple of a couple of gigs in America and they've got a European tour coming off and they're just beginning to break big and but they have worked so hard in the last three years. Yeah. Basically getting off their asses and doing it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way, isn't it? It is, no yeah. About it. yeah. I think you've got to commit. You've got to it's got to there's gotta be something inside you that makes you do it. Yeah, 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 of course. Otherwise you're just gonna say, Yeah, I could I could have been a contender, but I'd rather work in Sainsbury's. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. th- there's a local band near us, they they're called Bad Touch. I mean they're a kind of old school kind of rock band, almost mm. like a seventies vibe to them. And they they're constantly working and putting out albums and tr- they try so hard. They really do deserve to get a break. Because, mm. you know, yeah. they put the work in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, nothing happens for free. No, it's right. working. They really do deserve it. I, th- yeah. I think that what happens to a lot of local bands is they become the big fish in this little little hole. Yeah, and they don't push their boundaries. So if they're yeah. doing, you know, if they're working in a twenty mile radius and everyone loves them, yeah, they yeah, think yeah. they've made it. Yeah. And it's not until you actually go out and say, "Well, yeah, I got a schlep across to Yarmouth. I got a schlep across up to Newcastle and play yeah, these yeah, venues yeah. and get a." a, a UK based fan base, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they'll make the jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Douglas, um, yeah, that's been absolutely fascinating to talk I, to you. I just about. want to ask one question. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay, did we? How is your back? Because humping all that PA <laughs> gear about, it must be pretty tough. It is. I know it's there. Put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I discovered, I discovered about five or six years ago, when I did have problems. Um, I started wearing a lifting belt for Lodins. Yeah. And I wish I'd done it 20 years ago. Mm. And everybody says, oh, you've got a bad back. I haven't because I wear this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. heavy gear, isn't it? It's heavy gear and you've, yeah. you've got to, you need to, you've got to do it properly. Just don't be a hero. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, we get youngsters come out and work with us. And um, I like to encourage, I like to get young people on the crew because the only way to learn, learn this business is to be there shoveling shit at 12 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And then you've got an idea of what it's... Mm. And uh, they'll say, oh, you know, I can carry four of these. So don't. Carry one monster at a time. Take yeah. four trips. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I can do it. No. And that's that's sort of what you learn. It's the bravado of youth. The bravado of youth. Yes, I wish I had it. I haven't got any more. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember years ago doing a gig at the Cat House in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. And the the guys, the local crew guys. Oh, that big mountain of a bloke. And, and they're just humping 4 by 12s up all these yeah. steps. And we were like looking at them think, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. But there you go. Oh, well, I, I did a gig with um, local rugby club and they were competing about what they could carry. Yeah. 
And then, then I did another show across in Bradford on Avon uh, for the local bodybuilders. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. And they couldn't carry anything. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're all show. And they're all show. show yes, they're yeah. all pumped up with steroids and, yeah. right. and there to make the body, body sculpture. But yeah. get them to lift like 50 kilos. Pumped up with air? I wish. <laughs> Pumped up with a. Well, I won't tell you what I'm yeah. pumped up with. No, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we better. Yeah. Well, that's been fantastic. Okay. It's great to you know to learn a little bit, especially because we're in a different area. It's really nice to hear your stories and hear what's going on locally. So that's right. You know, I really appreciate that. Yeah. My Thanks, pleasure. Doug, for giving Enjoyed us your it. time, and yeah. uh, I believe you're going to direct us to the nearest public house. Well, yes, we're going we to go and so uh, go to the Arts Bank and see. Uh, Jolly people okay. and a colour band. Brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. That's great. Cheers. Mm. Thank you, Doug. Pleasure. So, wow, Doug, what a fascinating guy. Well, our first day of uh, Old Rockers on the Road. And, wow. Uh, we've had a couple of very interesting people. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, local to the area. Local to the area, which is great. It's great to hear the stories from people who are not in our immediate area. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's a great vibe and a great scene down here. Yeah, it seems really good, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, uh, and, you know, he's saying about the, the amount of live music around, and, and yeah. especially supporting original bands. I, yeah. I, I think that's very important. That yeah. I think that's great. And that obviously Doug does the PAs around here, and he's a bit of a local legend for PA. And, yeah. And um, I didn't realise his father was uh, was famous at one point. But anyway, um, yeah, brilliant. I mean, uh, yeah, fast, very funny guy. Very, yeah, very interesting guy. Yeah, Again, very interesting. You know, all our guests, you know, have something different to tell us. And um, yeah, they do. You know, it's 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 great because they're all involved in music in one way or the other. They're yeah, all, it's all important. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all part part of it. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Front of house sound yeah. engineering is very important, as right as you know, as I know. Yeah, and as our drunk producer knows. Yes. Um, well, we know. well, he's actually fell asleep a little while. Ago. <laughs> yeah. that, did, yeah. well, absolutely, yeah. we haven't yeah. noticed. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know though. Yeah, when you though, I mean, a little while ago, I went to see the like the Iron Maiden concert, and you see what those, you know, PA people do to transform a sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and Doug really, you know, he's of the same ilk. You know, of he's course. he's yeah. he's taking whatever is around, and he's making that so everyone can hear, you know, the complete show. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, important. It really it's is. It's so important. It's yeah, such yeah. a fundamental part. Yeah. Of, of making music and making live music. Of, yeah, absolutely. And I believe another fun for my... I beg your pardon? Thank you very much. Who's the one okay. who's drug you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's another fundamental this part. Is what of, happens when we come to summer. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, another fundamental, there you go, I got it right, part of this evening is that I believe Doug is uh, escorting us to the nearest public house. Yes, he is. For more... Is it the Art Bank, isn't it? The, the, the Art Bank? Bank? I don't know. Art Bank. Is there any music on then? I think there is. Yeah, I think there's a band on. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. For more merriment. More yeah. merriment. So old rockers on the road are yes. having fun. Can you yeah. imagine him on the way back? He's already had a bottle of white. <laughs> well, of course, this is all for research. You <laughs> oh, know, of course. Yes, yeah. medicinal. You know, none yeah. of this is, yes. you know, we're doing, you know, for yes. any sort of form of entertainment. No, of course, <laughs> no. <pal. laughs> wow. It's all research. Oh. Well, anyway. We'll, we'll research some local ales, eh? We'll research some local yeah. ales. Well, yeah. it's, uh, we better call that one. Yeah. And, uh. Thanks, Danny, for what you've done. Yeah, Thanks, Sue, again, for lending us your wonderful studio yeah. here in Chapter. Pocket Money Studio. Pocket Money Studio. Check yeah. it out, guys. Yeah. Um, and that's just, before we quickly go, Sue here runs Pocket Money Studio, and she gives free rehearsal space, recording studio, mixing and mastering, and live streaming yeah. to local musicians. That is a big wake-up that someone's prepared to do that for local musicians. Yeah, and this is what's happening down here in Somerset in Shepton. Yeah. And that's a big up for Sue. So well yeah, done. absolutely. Big up to her. Cheers, Sue. All right, mate. Yeah. Let's, let's, get, let's get down the pub in. Okay. All right. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs>